Sean Connor, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say... Not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad who chronicles the vanguard of hip hop at large. Rap taste slacked off, don't need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod. Rap, pop, pop. Fucking, I'll fucking <laughs> be on a chain email and keep hitting reply all just to talk to one person. I would love to have that updated for uh, modern uh, torture, modern torture, <laughs> torture things. That's awesome. Um, yeah, tough to overstate the importance of this album. Uh, so glad that Paulo could be here with us. He's uh, his in infectious enthusiasm about it was really big on me getting into this and understanding it and uh looking forward to talking about it with you guys yeah let's Absolutely. talk about those shits <laughs> let's talk about the shits everybody's talking about dave ma what's happening man hey good to be here you with you guys talking about like the best record ever yeah so yeah. um and i can't stop staring at your topo chico socks <laughs> <laughs> that's how i come through effervescent uh and we also have a special guest with us today the man, the myth, he produces the theme song that you hear at the beginning of the episode. He is also our spirit animal, DJ Cutso. Paulo, what's happening, man? Hey, 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 is he, is he, is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> what you mean, is he dead? <laughs> Fuck you, think. <laughs> All types of blood. All right, we're, we're not going to do that the whole episode, but that might break out at any moment. Good to have you here, bro. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, so um, as you all know, or maybe you don't, we've been doing this 1993 retrospective series. It just so happens that a lot of the records that made us turn 30 this year, so we've been having a good time uh, breaking down all these different releases from this year. Uh, Doggy style episode, pretty popular. Your observation about people's nuts, uh, <laughs> <laughs> about Snoop Dogg's nuts were um, resonated very wide, widely with the, uh, with the social media. So uh, thanks for everybody that's been rocking with us thus far today. We are going to talk about arguably one of the greatest rap records of all time, um, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, Wu-Tang Clan. Before they were at Target, they were a rugged uh, crew of rappers from Staten Island. Um, let me start by asking, did anybody prior to the emergence of Wu-Tang ever remember or have any interaction with the Prince uh, Prince Rahim incarnation of RZA. I didn't even hear about <coughs> Prince Rahim until after um, I got into Wu-Tang. So, um, but I love those singles, man. Ooh, We Love You Rakim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. was the other one? Uh, it was something in that vein. It's it was like all very Hawaiian Soulfish. Deadly Venoms or something like that. Yeah. 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 Genius yeah. also had uh, words from the genius right. yes. before. Yes. Yeah, Pass the Bone, uh, Come Do Me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, one wonders what would have happened, Nate, if the uh, the Prince Raheem uh, persona would have taken off. What, what would we have? A very oddly positioned sex symbol. We've, we've talked about this on the show before. It's like, I want to meet the person who looked at RZA, and it was like, ah, I see. Kind of a lover man type. Speaks normally. Super smooth. Eyes all facing the same direction. Like, let's get this guy in a suit and throw some girls at him. But he doesn't eat the daisy. <laughs> That's right. The daisy age was over at that point nice. for Tommy Boy. Uh, it really was, and apparently... Uh, well, not apparently. Uh, RZA gets dropped. Jizza gets dropped from Tommy Boy. Um, and RZA, he equates this with uh, them signing House of Pain. And he's like, they signed some white boy shit over me. And I think that's one of the best, like, slights. You know how slights turn into greatness? Michael Jordan, right? So it's kind of basically 36 Chambers is RZA going, and I took that person. <laughs> <laughs> Jump around and find out. Yeah. <laughs> For an everlasting album. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So coming off of that, RZA, uh, genius that he is, um, starts to put together this crazy new rap collective. I'll, I'll start with you, Dave. Have you ever talked to RZA? I did. I did an interview with RZA for uh, the Grammys website maybe about a year and a half ago. Or okay, that's right. Yeah. That's I've right. been pretty fortunate to be able to talk to um, a few members of Wu. Um, Jizza, I did a big thing on him for Liquid Swords, having him break down every uh, track. That was for Wax Poetics, and I did the same with Raekwon um, when Cuban Links Two came out. Mm. How did how did RZA strike you as a as a dude? He to talk was to? fucking awesome. It was like a Zoom thing during the afternoon, and you know I'm you know like I'm you get like a window of time because you know right. like there there are journalists before you and after you. Right. So you know I felt kind of rushed, but um, he was super he was super down with everything and I asked him a bunch of old school questions too, which you know I'm always afraid that they're going to be a little bit tentative about it, but he was super down. Talked about like the first incarnations of Wu and the first um, incarnations of Cream and it was incredible. Yeah, uh, how could it not be? Uh, literal oh. genius did he come on like bong? <laughs> <laughs> he, he said bong bong like 30 times a minute. Okay, okay. Seriously. Seriously. Okay. I'm transcribing. Had to edit it all out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Robert, get it out of your system. Command F, bong bong, delete. That's so dope. I mean, really, just as a producer, would be one thing. Like, if he was a, a, a producer who never said a word, but um, right. he's almost kind of like a, a, force of, a force of nature. L- let, let's get into it. Uh, so when did this record first find you? Where where were you? How did it hit you? I was at the warehouse on East Capitol Expressway. And the warehouse is a music store. The warehouse <laughs> was a store that sold records and CDs and tapes. And this is also where I learned how to shoplift. <laughs> um, break, break. Uh, you know the the. Um, what do they call those? The um, uh, the keeper. Keeper. The keeper. God, how did I forget? Your brother's yeah. keeper. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I figured, you know, a friend of mine taught me how to break open the keepers. So I was on my weekly, you know, boosting binge, and um, I saw a record. I saw I, I saw it right there, and I was like, "What is? Is this like Fushnikins? What is this? Are these guys Chinese? I I had no idea. I'd never heard of them before that. So I, you know, I put it back. I slept on it, and then that day. I was watching CMC like I did all the time back in the day in the afternoon and a commercial for 36 Chambers came on and I remember it very distinctly Andy Kawanami's voice 
um, you know, talking about the album, and they showed a clip of the Cream video. And I was like, oh, these guys are not Chinese. <laughs> but are they still rapping about Kung Fu and things like that? And, you know, it turned out that they were, but not in a comedic, uh, campy way that Fushnikins were. Mm, um, so I took my chance. and went back the next day. Luckily, my friend's sister was working that day, so I didn't have to boost it. She okay. handed it to me through the gate, and I took it home. And The CD. This was the tape, actually. The tape. This is before I had a CD player. This is maybe yeah. like two years shy of me having a CD player. And so I, I popped it in, and right out the gate, it scared the shit out of me. And yeah. it was a feeling that I've, I hadn't had since NWA, since hearing mm. uh, you know, NWA or you know, Too Short or anything like that. Something dangerous. So it was something yeah. dangerous. Yeah. And just from that point on, I, I fell in love. And also, so. Warehouse went out of business because of Paulo's. Uh, <laughs> I probably have a pretty, yeah. Yeah, because of. Rest in peace, Tower. Rest in peace, Warehouse. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I've told this story on here before, but there was a kid in my shop class in seventh grade who ran a business just taking orders of things that he should go steal and then bring back to you. That's how I got my E40 Mailman EP cassette. <laughs> it was like the only order I ever placed. Uh, uh, entrepreneurial young man. Uh, I'm sure he's doing savings and lending now. Uh, <laughs> Nate, uh, when it, I know you and Paolo are in close proximity around these times. How did Wu-Tang find you? Yeah, um, probably the same with the CMC thing. I, I think I yeah. would imagine that I probably saw a video on CMC and that was my first inkling um, that they existed. Um, but I know for a fact I got this CD from the BMG catalog thing where you like get, your, yeah, you get like six CDs for a penny or whatever. Yeah. This was one of them. Um, so yeah, I finally like, you know, I started my path to bad credit. Uh, I don't know one person who paid those shits. Uh, kids look up penny CD scam later on. You'll, yeah. you'll know what we're talking uh, about. Yeah. I, uh, Paulo's point is well taken. It's something I've been thinking about all day of how different this sounded and how, um, it was both incredibly funny, incredibly threatening, and it was just unlike anything I had ever heard before, and I was instantly captivated by it, though I do think it took me a long time to understand it. Yeah. I, I kind of liked it ironically at first, and I kind of feel bad about that. Like, oh, interesting. When, when I walked in, you, we instantly started making torture right. skit references, right. and for many years, I'd be like, you guys got to hear, like, just getting normal, random people who I go to school yeah. with and be like, you want to hear something crazy? Almost <laughs> like like a party record, like how people would do with, like, George Carlin or Red sure. Fox or whatever. Right, it's like, right, right. you want to hear the craziest Shock thing you've ever heard? Just lay your nuts. Just your nuts. You know, it's like, it's just it just was something insane to me. And, like, I always thought that they were really great rappers, and I didn't understand the synthetic substitution and the Wendy right. Renee of, of it all. But um, it started to grow on me, and then uh, probably, like, a month later, I'm, like, begging my mom if we can get an MPV. <laughs> Actually, can, can I add to my yeah, testimonial? So Evergreen boys. The first time I ever heard Wu-Tang Clan, I didn't know who they were. In fact... Um, I used to subscribe to this mixtape service that they used to advertise on a park bench by the Red Lobster in the neighborhood. And um, it was uh, hip-hop mixtapes, nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you okay. call the number, you give them their address, you send them, or I think it was like a COD or something. Okay. But um, I used to subscribe to these mixes, and they were all it was all underground hip-hop. So that was the first time I heard Protect Your Neck. But yeah. I didn't know who it was because they didn't have a track listing on there. Right. And I was like, dude, what the hell is this? This is crazy. And then yeah. fast forward, that's when I... 
Did you ever find out who was doing those mixtapes? That sounds like an interesting, like little local history thing. Yeah. So um, the the DJ, I believe, or the crew was called DNA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, there were you know some local cats. It was a four hundred eight number, and I'm not sure what became of them. You know, maybe you know I I walk amongst them and not even know it now. But um, that was a really you know integral part of my upbringing in hip hop. Yeah, and. That was the first. So that's how you knew everything. Yeah, (laughs) actually, yeah, yeah. So you know, a lot of I I was into mixtapes a lot, you know, because my brother was a dancer. Okay. And so he used to bring those home, and then I would subscribe to these DNA mixes, and that's where I first heard Protect Your Neck. Yeah, that was the uh, streaming services of his day. Were actually it uh, really was. Yeah, mix mix mixtapes and whatnot. Uh, Meanwhile, in the thirty eighth chamber, which is Santa Clara, Dave was uh, (laughs) a Dave was a youngin. How did uh, Wu Tang find you? Um, I, I've mentioned uh, this person before, Corey Thompson, old friend of mine, um, yeah. a few years older than us. He introduced me to a lot of music. And I remember he was like, hey, have you heard of these guys? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm like a 14-year-old dork. I just left <laughs> biology class. <laughs> no, you know, no. Um, I'm not from the slums of Shaolin. Like, what are you, <laughs> you know? And um, just incredible, the ferocity, like, struck me. And, of course, like, sort of like Nate, like, we're just, like, goofing off at the skits um, all day. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, he gave me the tape, and um, then a few months later, I got the CD, and um, it, ca- it, it it stands out because it's one of the first um, CDs uh, I ever got where you actually turn down the bass boost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unclick. Yeah, unclick that shit. <laughs> so. That shit was rattling. What about for, you? For sure. Um, kind of similar to Paulo, um, I was trying to be a DJ at that time, and me and my friends had subscribed to a DJ pool which sent different 12 inches. I think this is like some Jazzy Jim-involved DJ pool. And so we got the 12-inch the single for Protect Your Neck, which had Method Man um, on the other side. And for maybe three months straight, we only played Protect Your Neck. Like, it was so fucking mind-blowing. The noises, like, the they all had these different voices. We were, like, arguing about how many rappers were actually on the shit. Like, it's hard for people to remember that you couldn't just get information. You could no. not Google it. No, you, you had couldn't. to you, you, you created fictions in your mind about it because yep. there was no way to verify the information. There's That's, no like, such an important part of this because they were calculating a mystique. They were building a mystique. It, it worked like crazy. Absolutely. And we'll talk about RZA's genius marketing and otherwise a lot in this next hour or so. But, like, what you're talking about is such, like, a thing of the past. Yeah, it's it's the curiosity piece isn't isn't there. You don't just have to sit with the discomfort of not knowing and, and arguing. And in some ways, I think that actually propels the group because it, it creates a layer of mystery just because of how it is. And so we were bugging on it. I remember playing Method Man once or twice and being like, oh, okay, it's all right. Um, and then I remember seeing the Method Man video, um, and I was just like, oh, this is insane. Like, his, his whole look, his press, so that was the first Wu-Tang video, actually, so I didn't see Protect Your Neck video until a lot later. Um, and, and just their whole visual aesthetic, and I was like, oh, okay, this is new, which in my listening journey has always been, like, I feel like I have a good sense of, like, oh, shit, this is new. Um, and so it was kind of just on from there, and I remember kind of... Um, I don't think I stole it, but I might have, like, you know you borrow a friend's tape, and then they kind of never get it back? I'm like, uh, you're not a real one like me. I'm going to hold on to this one. Uh, you can have my uh, Niggas for Life NWA as a, as a as swap out. So, yeah, that was kind of how uh, I found my way into Wu-Tang Clan. Um, but just, obviously, shattered 
preconceived notions of everything and just to juxtapose it with the episode that we just did on uh, on Doggy Style, Chronic comes out in 1992, which is like a new high bar for Sonics and rap. And then uh, RZA does this completely counterintuitive thing, whether it was just because of not having the money and the production value or whatever, deliberate choice. I feel like Wu-Tang uh, reinvented griminess in, in rap music. Like, Redman obviously had done a lot of work to that end, but uh, Wu-Tang kind of reinvents it and has this whole crazy, rugged sound. Nate, I'll start with you. Um, what are those components, elements, that make this record so different from everything that came before it? Well, it's it's nice for those of us who like to tell stories about this stuff that it's literally made in a basement because it sounds so, so freaking basement. It's just, it just sounds underground and it really was underground. Um, obviously by the time a lot of us were interacting with it, they were signed to loud right. and they had, um, you know, Eddie Sancho is like a really, uh, a great engineer who's important, important in this story. And like there's, it's, uh, graduated a little bit. It's it's professional, but yeah. it's on the low end of professional, and it's so dusty. And people use that term like it's nothing now, but it it actually sounds like both angel dust and like <laughs> the the <laughs> stuff that gets caught in a fuzzball on the needle of a record. Yeah. And so uh, it's just um, actually I'm gonna pass it to uh, Cutso because you probably understand why it sounds the way it sounds more than I do. Yeah. Um, well, just to speak on the aesthetic of it first. Um, what what made it such a beautiful product was that with the chronic it you know the chronic introduced you know just sonics that had never been heard in rap right. you know like this was like the first like super shiny glistening like yep. you know like just orally like superior rap album and that was like a year before 36 chambers and when 36 chambers came out it was like oh no no we're 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 taking it back yeah. we're bringing it back to where it belongs we're, we're putting the grind back in it. We're, we're, you know, we're dirtying it up again. We're basically undoing everything that you, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you know, uh, did. So, um, as, as far as the, the production goes, it's a lot. One thing I really um, observed over time was, it's a lot more polished than Riz's later work. Oh, interesting. You know, like with Cuban Links, that's like you know, like you have like uneven chops. You have mm. super like you know. It's kind of muddy. It's kind yeah. of that thing of like you get your whole life to make your first record and then you have to make your next record in six months. Right. And he had to make like six records in six <laughs> months. It shows. It, it definitely shows, you know, sonically. Mm. But that's that's part of the aesthetic. That's part of like what makes it so, you know, original. Mm. And it ushered in, you know, a new, you know, sort of a new era of rap. Because everything yeah. before that was very hippity hoppity, kind of happy. And, you know, like, you know, we had the far side. We had, you know, just very yeah. up, upbeat, you know. Yeah. And some of it, you know, some rap was getting kind of hokey. We had, like, you know, like Urban Dance Squad at that time, you know. Yeah, UMCs. UMCs. And, yeah. you know, UMCs, no, Fruits of Nature is a great album. It and, is. You know, that but, also but it's a high water mark for, a, to your point, it's a high water mark for a certain type of jovial uh, animated presentation, right? Even leaders yes. of the new school sometimes when I listen to Wu-Tang are like, this is like leaders, but like, Super grimy and on Angel Dust, to your point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could, no, I, I think you're 100% right. It's it's yeah. a flipping of a switch backwards. Exactly, exactly. And that's and, and that's that's why I love 36 Chambers so much because everything before that was, again, so upbeat and everything. And just when that came, it undid everything that came before it. Mm. You know, like rap was, you know, starting to become a pop thing and, you yeah. know, it really started to get, you know, going, get into the mainstream. But 
again, Wu-Tang just pulled it back down. Like, no, this is what real rap is supposed to sound like. Yeah, and it was and, super popular. That's that's yeah, a crazy. Yeah, part I mean, because he, for, you know, from that, you know, crews like you know Smith and Wesson were getting signed. Yeah, yep. You know, yep. so it just it, it really ushered in you know that era of rap and that aesthetic of rap for like the uh, three four year run that you know. And I mean, kind of still reverberating to this day. I've said on here before. It's like yeah, there was the time when there was Wu Tang, and now we're kind of in this era where everybody is a, is trying to have some piece of that sound yeah. or, or is trying to be the heir to that. It's a revival. Like yes. right, right now, what we're hearing is a revival of what Thirty Six Chambers was bringing in. Yeah. Ripples, ripples in the pond. Dave, um, why do you think this this record broke through in the way that it did? Um, sort of like what Paula was saying. I mean, introducing the dark sound uh, once again. We we touched on Enter the Stage um, recently, and mm-hmm. that um, preceded this by a few months or whatnot. And um, yeah, is it was um, yeah. I mean, sort of like what Paula was saying. I mean, to have like a crisp, clean, chronic album, and then to go back to this, um, and also sort of what you were saying with the sort of age of discovery and the lack of internet. Mm. Um, I remember like you know, nine members, like, who the, what is going on, dude? Trying to keep it straight. You know, Why like, do they want to split the check nine ways? <laughs> I've still actually never understood that. <laughs> yeah, 36 ways? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't even, you know, at first I couldn't tell the difference between, you know, Capadonna and Inspector Deck. You right, know? right, but right. But then later, like, the intricacies emerge of, like, oh, you know, Ghost is the one with the high register and, right. and Ray is the raspy one. And I think, like, all those, like, is a perfect storm for longevity. And so you can still go to that album and pull things apart. And, you know, I mean, it's 30 years old now. I mean, generations have grown up on it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like this entire new generation was kind of nursed at the teat of uh, of 36 Chambers. Uh, there's just so much star power, though. I think that's what we're not really talking about. It's like ODB, huge star. Uh, Ghostface, not yet. Right. We weren't there yet. Right. But he has the first, you know, moments on the record. And you can see something's going to be there. Riz, a huge star. Jizz, a huge star. Method Man, huge star. You God, I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no doubt. I mean, it, it was uh, essentially a super group, right, of, like, these really unique and interesting voices. And kind of circling back to, Nate, like, what was the business plan? I think... Um, domination, it, baby. World domination. <laughs> it's longevity out here. It's longevity out here. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of like uh, a, a blueprint that was later followed by many groups um, is to have this be a showcase for all of these rappers, right? So that they would all get their individual deals because they were all solo artists. And I think that's what sets Wu-Tang apart is like everybody was their own individual entity and I actually could kind of stand up on it, right? Uh, uh, imagine having just having eight friends. Just sit with that thought for a minute and then they all happen to rap this good. Totally. It's just, it's a very rare thing that totally. happened there. Like, I don't know what's happening in Staten Island at this time, but there's Seriously. something that was crazy. It's hard to just get us four in a room. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And one of us is an ODB. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You don't have a loose cannon in the crew? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have Dave. We're taking applications. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I feel like Riza as the you know the head of the Voltron. I was I think of him also as like a baseball manager, because Wu Tang. Uh, really enjoying picturing this outfit. They're they're doing uh they're doing their own. It just says bong across the jersey. <laughs> um, Wu Tang lineup arrangements are kind of in my mind what make this album right. Like who he chose to be first in a he he, famously, he introduces everyone. It's so beautiful yes, the right. progression of how people get introduced. You, you just you're like oh here's another guy and this guy comes after that guy and so I think. 
his managerial, if you will, genius is what makes the whole thing go. Because this could be really, really messy. The hip hop is littered with like bad posse cuts. And this is a, essentially almost an album with a couple of exception of posse cuts right. that are all like three and a half, four minutes, five minutes, six minutes. And they all like work beautifully. So I don't care what beat RZA was making at Guitar Center. I don't care <laughs> if he wears fingerless <laughs> gloves. The man is goaded. Like there's he actually, it doesn't matter. He's, he's one of the greatest hip hop like entities of all time. We got a chance to talk I, to I have uh, to say his rhyming is really good on this record. Absolutely. And it's Amazing. really and it's really good on the Gravedigger's record and yeah. then and then time moves on and he gets interested in other things. But he does. Yeah. in this moment in time he's he's actually a really good MC as well and has he has that um we we're going to use the term grimy a lot. He yeah. sounds hella grimy. Yeah. And yeah. so it's just that energy and that bark and that griminess. But kind of unhinged but, grimy. Yes, yeah. it is a bit it, unhinged. Yeah. It, in a different way than uh than ODB which He's is also really Slightly goofy, yeah. yeah. Like he's yeah. he's like intentional. He's funny. Yeah. yeah, he's a funny guy. Very charismatic himself. But um, yeah, like as as scary as he can be, like you know, as a rapper at that time. Yeah, he was also really funny. And, and it, this shows up in the skits, which we'll get into when we challenge Nate's assertion that there are no good skits. Um, <laughs> oh, skit. I mean, yeah. yeah let's uh, let's get into it. We we've had this little format that we've been doing uh, where we kind of cycle through. Our jams, jams for the normies, best three song run on the album. I'm gonna insert a caveat to fuck up everyone's list right now <laughs> and say, give your jam, but you can't say cream or protect your neck. <laughs> easy. Yeah, that's easy. easy. Okay, okay, we'll start with you, Mr. LeBlanc. My jam is uh, Wu Tang Clan is not a thing to be effed with. Yes. Um, I, I could I I changed this four or five times in my notes app. Like I, I I just when I'm listening back to it, um, it is funny. This is one of the things I needed to listen to the least to prepare to do a podcast about it. It's right. really it's really in there. Um, but I did I did run it while I was doing dishes this afternoon. I mean working, and um, <laughs> uh, I I could have chosen any number of songs. Almost every song on this is a single, which we'll get into yep. in uh, Nate's record corner a little yep. later in the program. It's kind of insane how many different pieces of uh, wax got pressed with so many different kind of things. But I just think um, this song has a bunch of different members on it. It has an incredible energy. It's true. Yeah, I always like yeah. it when the the hook of the or the conceit of the song is proven to be true Absolutely. by the song itself. It's like, but even like, then, you were like, yeah, probably you guys are nothing to fuck with. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> to, that's what I'm saying. It's like I I love Chris Crack album titles, but the one that's called like um, eating Munster cheese in Vermont or whatever is yeah. not about eating Munster cheese in right, Vermont. Right, right, right. It's like this is a song about how they're not to be fucked with, and then just then they prove it by the very nature of the beat and the rhyming. You're like, yeah, dude, that. Props, just yeah. you guys go ahead. That holds up. Method yeah. Man's talking about Method Man. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and might I add, best use of a cartoon sample. Uh, underdog. Underdog. Shout out to to Underdog, which again. It's that underground. Yeah. Even the dogs are under. Yeah. <laughs> grimy. Uh, super, super grimy Underdog. Um, Paulo, what is your, your gem? Um, my jam has always been. It's, this is kind of a sleeper hit. It, it was a single, but it's a sleeper. Um, Can it be? Has always been my jam. Mm. Um, we get to, you know, we're introduced to Ray and Ghost as a unit. Yeah. Talk about that shit. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that shit, right? <laughs> uh, the intro. I mean, the intro is great because you know that's RZA trying to get his Dre on. Yeah, a little you know, bit. 
you know, with the rain, mm-hmm. with the you know mm-hmm. the torrential downpour in the background, mm-hmm. and him reminiscing about rap, and you know, rain goes pulling up. Yo, yo, what's up, y'all? You know, another key Riz a goofy moment. Right. Um, but you know that that being one of the ballads of the album, that you oh, know, that's, and tears that's yeah. being the ballads of the album. Uh, I always love can it be just you know how somber the song is and it comes at the middle of the album and it really it's it's just placed really well like it's you, a tone change no it, it's, it's like, a real it's yeah. a real vibe change because yeah. you know like right out the gate it, they're just like barreling it they're barreling at you like juggernaut right but you know it just dips down into this like sort of like contemplative you know introspective kind mm-hmm. of beat um and the video itself, that was like their first like high budget video. That was one of yeah. Hype Williams' earliest videos. Oh wow. Okay. Um and you know, like, you know, seeing videos like Method Man, you know, Protect Your Neck, those were really just really shitty videos, right? Just qual- <laughs> yeah. quality wise. I mean the classic yeah, yeah, videos. Yeah, yeah. Production value. But production value was very low in those videos. Camcorder and, and mean faces. Totally. And, <laughs> yeah. you, and you had like five different cameras. One of them had time code on it still, right? <laughs> but when Can It Be came around, um, it was it was very glossy. It was it was still dramatic, and most of it was in slow motion. Yeah, like, and just seeing Ray and Ghost go back and forth, getting to see that early, getting that early taste of their chemistry. Like we we couldn't have predicted how amazing they would be years later. Right. But that song made me latch on to Ray. Um, he's always been like a fashion icon. I mean, that that part of the video too, the yeah. snow beach pullover. Yeah. yeah. If, if really, just for that, it would be classic. I mean. Polo sales went up after that. Well, they didn't because people were stealing it back then. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> polo uh, wearing went way up. Polo wearing went way up. Um, but there, you know, there's there was so much about the song "Can It Be." Um, Ray, Ghostface, you know, just the song is very mellow and chill, but Ghost still comes with his energy. You know, right. he still brings that energy, but somehow it fits. Yeah, it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb, and you couldn't like like a lot of the songs on the album. You can't imagine anyone else on the in the crew being on that song. song. Perf- perfect it's placement of, of Ghost and Ray. I, I remember uh, PBS did a big hip hop documentary thing maybe six or seven years ago and they have like a whole 15 minute segment on this beat and I remember I was watching with my ex and she was like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. oh wow, that's amazing. Like taking a Gladys Knight sample and mm-hmm. turning it into a thing which I think um, is another kind of hallmark of Riz is taking these records which to the sample uh, palette of the day, nobody was coming for a Gladys Knight record like that. It's no. sampling the vocal part of it and like all of that stuff. Uh, no, we didn't hear really an inch of James game. Brown anywhere in that album. No, every other album in rap was you know you had James Brown elements or or some you know Cal Jader like it, you know the jazzier vibier things were being sampled real heavy right mm-hmm. like Tribe was was on their run but I think RZA was a, one of the first guys to be like here's how you sample a soul record old soul an old soul record and like how you chop vocals and stuff so can it be a, amazing choice Dave Ma what is your uh, Wu Tang gem um, Paulo mentioned it it's one of my it's one of the ballads on the album sorry Dave so it's gotta be Tears mm. um, oh there you go the, the storytelling is, is absurd um, the Wendy Renee sample is ridiculous the way Riza stops his punchlines and s- kind of lets you finish it it's just right. insane the um, the ferocity and emotion 
of Ghost. Um, yeah, that's definitely my favorite cut from the album. If nothing else, it just introduced us to this amazing song, right? Totally. I think that song has become part of all of our lives. Yeah. Like, uh, it's yeah, like, totally. there have, were probably years I listened to Wendy Renee more than Wu-Tang. Yeah. It's like, it's just like, I have an OG of the Wendy Renee 45. It's one of my prized possessions. It's Are just you like, really? you can, yeah. Nice. Um, you can play that at any function and just that in- intro organ just gets people's oh, attention. Oh, Her voice intro. is so plaintive. I think it was Light in the Attic did a, um, retrospective on her um with some of her other cuts they're they're fine yeah um but it's it's very much like that that song is a singular thing i don't know what was happening that day or with her or whatever but that that song is just amazing on its own so um it being part of hip-hop and the kind of nostalgia for something you've never heard before Mm. beauty thing that happens when a sample is flipped properly is just like awesome and uh Essentially the same thing with the Charmels record that um, I saw. They cleared these. I usually don't yeah, talk yeah, about samples on the show, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Cream in a, in a little bit, I'm sure. But um, yeah, just uh, Brizza putting us on to some like heaters. Um, I, one of my favorite things about Tears is the opening. You know, like the whole like the that. whole scenario where you know his brother gets shot. <laughs> and Riza just You're goes, like, I love that part. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> set the guard, set the guard. Oh, oh, oh. But he's screaming in this way that like made it feel super real. That's how you like, would react. So yeah, exactly. Your brother like, shot. Terror right. and hysteria. Totally. And, and so even as like an actor, right? Like yeah. uh, all the Riza skits, you it's kind of believable. Totally. And that's, yeah, I, I love that part about it. He was destined to be like an actor. Riza. Sounds like he's just being Rizza. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, totally. And yeah, it's just such a cinematic song. I mean, you you can picture every frame in your in your head. A- have you guys ever seen that film Nobody? It's kind of like a John Wick movie, but with Bob Odenkirk. No, it's a good movie. No. Um, <laughs> definitely like a Saturday afternoon kind of a dad movie. Um, but Rizza is in it, and he's not totally playing Rizza. This is thirty years later. He's not okay. totally playing Rizza, but he can't stop being Rizza. And yeah. so it, in every Rizza performance, it's fun for people like us who've been there since like kind of more the beginning of his journey as a public figure because like, you know, it just him like folding his hands and yeah. bowing his head yeah. or something. You just can't not think of him yeah. watching karate flicks and 42nd Rizza-isms. Street and yeah, yeah it, Rizza-isms. That's super yeah. funny, dude. Yeah. Um, exactly. That You guys should check out that movie, though. It's, okay. it's, it's actually Odenkirk, it's a lot man. of fun. Yeah, I'm about to say. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk, the Rizza of, uh, of slow-moving uh, <laughs> drama comedy. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, bud? What's your jam? My jam is Shame on a Ninja. Um, I love this one because while they, they're doing the grimy thing, right, I feel like uh, Shame on a Ninja is one of those songs that like could have been a hit for groups two and three years before that. I like, agree. Other, that big, like, big horn thing and just how the... The, the grooviness just, of the bass line. The bigness yeah. of the performance of it by ODB for the most part. It's a fun song. Yeah. It's fun, yeah. it's It has their griminess. It, it's fun. And then if I remember it correctly, that's, that's my introduction to Old Dirty Bastard mm. and his delivery which is perfect for that song, right? Like, he has this um, kind of, like, wavering energy. Like, he's a fucking screwball pitcher. Like, you you never know where it's coming from or why he made those choices or what the, what the fuck is he saying? But he was so crazy. And I think um, Shame brings out uh, the best parts of ODB, which is this kind of, like, uh, there's a groovy, fun part of it that I love. So, for me, that was, that was always the jam. And also because... It's one of those jams that the radio edit might be as fun as the original. Uh, no. <laughs> it's just, yeah, because it's just like, shame on it. 
Trying to run game on the... Just the onomata. They have so many great clean edits, and it all starts here. It's just they just really knew how to... They keep the essence of what they're saying, but flip it in this lightly comedic but well-edited way. I actually bought the clean version from Target. I have have the clean version promo of the entire ODB record, and it's so fun to listen to. Yeah, like I I, I bought the, the... the clean version of 36 Chambers because I just felt like I had to have it. You know, I. Yeah. I You're not going to leave it there for some other idiot to no. buy. Like, no, that's mine. No. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like, like that's that's how attached I was to this album. I was like, I have to have it in every iteration. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel like um, RZA really did pioneer with with I will say it, it, some of it feels like a nod to Prince Paul. If we're being if we're being uh you know if we're being honest he. The idea that you could just insert sound effects in certain places um, to speak to the goofiness. Uh, let's talk about Jam for the Normies. Again, I'm going to take uh, Cream and Protect Your Neck off. Cream has like 335 million listens or something. I mean, that's Spotify. clearly the Jam for the Normies on yeah, here. If people know clearly, one yeah. thing, they might not even know the song. They might have a t-shirt or something, though. Yeah, right. Like yeah, uh, right now, when right. we were in college, me and Paulo used to make uh, Johnny Cash Rules Everything Around Me stickers. <laughs> I still have like, one. Yeah, I still have one, too. Which um, just that... that Phrase has become completely iconic, but you want us to do one that's not that. One that is not that, Nate. If you had to turn somebody, you're turning somebody on to a Enter the Thirty Six cut that is not Cream or Protection. I guess in that case, I would go with Method Man. Mm. Well, not my favorite song on the album. I uh, since I'm a little kid, this comes out when I'm I think twelve, thirteen years old. Yeah. I'm getting into it. I'm like. Why does he get a song where it's all his name all up in it? Like yeah. I, it's he is a charismatic star figure. Like yeah. he, if he, I I get why RZA did it now. I didn't get it then. I was like, there's no like I'm the genius song for Jizza. You know what I mean? It's just it's so interesting. Um, but yeah, I guess I would go with that. It's a it, it is remarkably old timey. Okay, so here's the thing, Meth. Uh, as he he did a wonderful drink traps interview, which everybody oh, that was incredible to. by the way. Yeah, where one. where he kind of breaks down, he has this goofy pop reference thing that he was doing to where you know he's singing Annie and fucking the Rolling Stones and just like Beatles, the Beatles, the Beatles, yeah. and like Nick Knack Paddywhack could come Paul out of that's, a, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We we've talked about this a couple times. I'm obsessed when rappers do this. AC Alone is always doing this. They're references that are much older. It's like he's referencing stuff his parents would have brought totally. into his life, yeah. not that was on TV necessarily when he was a kid or whatever. I find that very charming and very like um, domestic. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I don't know what his exact situation was when he was growing up, but I'm picturing like him around this old timey TV with mm-hmm. three channels, taking in all this information that would rather like later be regurgitated in raps. And I just think that we, we're missing that now because we don't have monoculture. I don't want to get off on a whole tangent here, but like now everyone's going to be referencing something they saw in a YouTube video with 300 views, not a Johnny Carson <laughs> theme song yeah. that everybody yeah, watched yeah. at the same time, right? 100%. So 100%. I'll leave That's that there for now until I write my book. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, Apollo Jam. And as a DJ, I'm curious. Now, I'm going to rephrase this for you as as the, the DJ of the crew. Um, you play for rooms of people, right? Um, what is the jam that's not cream or protect your neck that a room full of, I'm, I'm using air quotes, y'all can't see, of normies we will get into. You're at the Cisco holiday party. 
Which <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I thought I, I was thinking Cisco and Leash of the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cisco system. You've already played Thong Song. You have yeah. one song yeah, to get them back. You're at, you're at Cisco's Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> he already burned through his classics. What are you playing? How do you exit the dragon? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man. Um, well, I would probably go with. I mean, in that context, I would go with Shame. Because it's it's a fun again it's a yeah. fun beat it's yeah. a fun song, um, you know just for the beat itself. But as far as just you know taking an album cut and recommending it to a normie, mm-hmm. I'm like, do you want like the full comprehensive rundown of who the clan is? Here's chess boxing. Yeah, okay. everybody has okay. a turn on it. Yep, Master Killer makes his one appearance in on it. This album. Um, yep. You God is relegated to just eight bars. Yeah, perfect amount. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Any more would have been too much. Any less would have been perfect. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you you get you get a taste of everybody's style. You know, you get like everybody is just wrapping their asses off. They're like trying to outdo each other. Yeah. But they're also trying to, um, kind of reinforce the ethos of the of the clan you know like with the aesthetic like the you know just you know the whole kung fu theme uh the and, music itself and, is, and chess as a theme not for chess. nothing it's like yeah. that goes on to be hugely important for jizza and rizza right. yeah. numerology and numerology just like so kung many of the, the there's such great world building on this and a ton of it rests in this track yes. also ghostface killer in the video supposedly was kind of still he was on the lamb at that wanted time. Wanted right. by the authorities. Yeah. So he literally, as we think about all the rappers that try to cover their face now, chess boxing, he he literally had his face covered, which for me was like, right. wait, he's called Ghostface Killer and he has a white sheet over his face. Like, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, but you know I would have been like, that scares me a lot. Yeah. yeah. But not, you know, not just the song, but you know, like now we're in the age where we can pull up a video on demand. So yeah. I would show them the video. Yeah, because it's like yeah. okay, they're che- they're dr- they're chess they're chess pieces. Yep, uh, they fight each other in the end. Everyone has kung fu weapons. <laughs> um, so good. And then you have your shots of you know like the sewer. You know like they're they're rapping in some like abandoned like train station or something. Perfect. But just that was you know like the album itself. The video was very high concept, low budget. Mm. Yep. And that just all together as a package really just explains who the clan are. And I would recommend that to a first timer like here. You want to understand this whole thing as a as a thing? Yeah. Here, watch this. This weird noise that just comes on. Yeah. Uh, Tiger yeah. I mean, style. It's, it's You're no, like, what? It starts with a kung fu sample. Yeah, Toad right. style is yeah. mentally strong. Um, like, what? Yeah, and I remember <laughs> I remember what so we used to have this thing called Kung Fu Theater on channel twenty six. So hey. the same channel that CMC used to Talk air on. And um I remember watching that movie. I, I I wasn't even watching the movie. I just put it on. I, I like to record it every week and just kind of like tune out and you know read my rap, ma- my, read my Word Up magazine yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and the sample came on, and I st- I stopped every. I dropped everything. I dropped my Capri Sun. And I was like, <laughs> yo, yo, that's a sample. And so Love that that always brings fond memories. That that song itself brings just it, it's it, it's such a a capsule of time for me. Absolutely. So. Chess box and huge. Dave, what would you recommend? Um, so I was going to say, like for the normies, I was going to say Method Man. But um, I would, uh, switching it up real quick, maybe bring the ruckus. Um, mm. Kicks off the album. It's yep. just a good introduction to everybody. Yep. Um, and just the way it's set up, you know, like it's it's really like, it feels like the opening credits to a movie. Yeah. 
and um, yeah, just the beat and the overall um, punk rock energy. I think it's like once you get into that, you have a good feel of what the Wu is gonna be. And it, like I said, it builds curiosity. You wanna know like who the, who the fuck these guys are, dude? Are they yeah. on another song? What's going on? What's the next song gonna sound like, you know? Yeah. So I think it's a really good early hook. And you know, one of the best album starters of all albums. The ruckus got broad. Yeah, <laughs> it really did. Yo, <laughs> I mean, when you, when you first popped in the album and that was the first thing you heard, it really felt like somebody was grabbing you by the hoodie and like shaking you like, oh God. And that's what I mean earlier, you know, when I said earlier, it scared the shit out of me. You which, know, like, which all good records do, right? Yeah, th- there's yeah. good rap records are supposed to scare the shit out of you. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I might. I was I like, are there any songs left for you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'll go with Clan in the front, both versions. Uh, hey, I think right. because of the, the hook is like, it's one of the best hooks of all time. It is. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I like, I love both versions. I think the, the kind of off-kilter piano thing uh, Geraldine Ferraro catches strays for no reason, <laughs> like just to give you a sense of like and kind of Ella Fitzgerald. Gerald, yeah, it's like right. how did how did he do that? Yeah. Where in a right now anybody's name could be dropped in a rap and you'd be like, okay, you know yeah. what I mean? Somebody's yeah. trying to be cute, but back then I was like, oh, these guys are like really different. Like this is some some really weird shit. So I think um, if none of the other choices were on the table, <laughs> that's that's what I would pick. got a question for all of the dad bod rap pod listeners out there shoot have you ever been just too damn high we've all been there with today's weed finding your perfect dose can be a dangerous game light up with the weed of yesteryear and you can chill out like they did back during the summer of love (laughs) damn like that yeah is there a summer of love for hip-hop yeah the summer of love of hip-hop when did uh when they reminisce over you come out uh 94 94? I was going to say it was like Freaknik. Freaknik. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Which the, I think is like 90s too. It's like yeah, early the, 90s. The Freaknik era. I think yeah, that's the summer of love. Where they were also smoking weed that's not as powerful as now. And if, uh, if that's freaking you out a little bit, I know we've got dispensaries and you can buy all of these amazing grades of weed that just turn you into a straight vegetable. Uh, Dead grass has a, has a middle way, a third way, if you will. Uh, where you can uh, enjoy a head change but not be super high, right, Nate? Absolutely. I think uh, one of our good friends referred to it as a work joint. Hey, there you go. So not so much of a head change that you can't get things done and um, a quality CBD product made from hemp. It is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. These 
organic pre-roll joints are very low in THC and high in CBD, and you can enjoy all the effects of cannabis while keeping a clear head. Pretty good deal, I think. Yeah, especially since they can get mailed to you anywhere in the contiguous United States, and probably Alaska if you really want it. Um, Dad grass, like Nate said, is all the way legal. They've got all kinds of different forms. There's joints. There's tinctures. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's team a tincture. Your team tincture. They did a collab with George Harrison's estate. Okay. There, there's George Harrison dad grass. I think it was like a, a limited drop, so I don't know if you can get it anymore. But that was yeah. Why your tongue gently weeps or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, your get high gently weeps. Damn. Okay. Um, Nate, tell them where they can get it and the special deal they get from being dad bod listeners. It's a pretty sweet deal, I have to say. For first-time listeners, right now, Dadgrass is offering you 20% off with your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash dadbod. Go to dadgrass.com slash dadbod for 20% off of your first order of Dadgrass. That's dadgrass.com slash dadbod. Fat pod. <laughs> 